Hello, and welcome to the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement's podcast, Wonks at Work. I'm Craig Wilson, your host, a self-declared wonk, dad of two boys, native Arkansan, and I've been the health policy director at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement for more than a decade. On this show, we aim to demystify, boil down, and unwonk, if you will, complex topics so that you can understand how the healthcare system is working or not working for you. Thanks for listening in on today's episode, on which we're going to talk about cybersecurity in healthcare. Now, this is of interest to me first because my organization, the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement, maintains two large databases of health information, and we have privacy and security protocols that we've developed over time. And second, when I was reading through a recent report commissioned by our state legislature on the status of rural hospitals, one of the things that stood out to me, and that was actually a surprise, was the number of hospitals that raised cybersecurity as one of their main concerns. Actually, October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, so this discussion is very timely as well. According to Becker's Hospital Review, this year there have been 327 data breaches reported to the Federal Department of Health and Human Services Office of Civil Rights as of August affecting more than 40 million patients. And that's nearly double the number of breaches over the same time frame in the previous year. And just over the past year, two Arkansas healthcare providers, Mena Regional Hospital Health System and Independent Case Management, which serves developmentally and intellectually disabled children and adults, have had data breaches that were the result of network hacking incidents. But the good news is that there are people working on ways to protect healthcare providers and other organizations from these types of incidents. And luckily, we have one joining us today. Foster Davis is a co-founder and chief operations officer of BreachBits, a cybersecurity company that predicts breaches for small to medium enterprises and their cyber insurance providers. They use automated hacker techniques and continuous penetration testing to deliver persistent insights for compliance and risk management. Now, Foster gained much of his knowledge in this area as a cryptologic warfare officer. Wow. With the U.S. Navy and from his education at the United States Naval Academy, where he earned a Bachelor of Science in Information Technology and Master of Science in Systems Technology, and a certificate in space systems. Foster, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Craig. It's an important month, I know. Uh, But before we get to cybersecurity, I want to know what keeps you busy when you're not doing penetration testing and cryptologic warfare or this stuff. (laughs) Right. Well, what keeps me busy here in Little Rock, I have four children. And so typically I'm either at a volleyball game, Mm -hmm. I'm either at a soccer game, or even... Uh, this weekend, I'm at a Cub Scout uh, camp out, actually, at the Air Force Base. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'll yeah. be fun. That'll yeah. be fun. The air show out there. That's and, right. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, so I asked this of all of our wonky guests. So what would you say is your theme song? You know, my theme song, I'm going to have to select a mashup. Um, I'm going to select <laughs> two songs. One, uh, there's a, a uh, lesser-known rap artist out of Canada named Drake, and there's a song <laughs> called uh, Energy. And that song is a little bit about sort of uh, overcoming, let's say, adversity. 
way, way up. Turn, turn, turn. turn it all up. Yeah. Look, I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take away. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the other is Country Roads, uh, oh, John yeah. Denver, and Great so tune. sort of the one gets me to the other, and that's why I like to match. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Great tunes. Um, so I want to get to Breach Bits, but uh, I'd, I'd like to first ask you, why do you think that cybersecurity incidents are an increasing concern, and particularly in the healthcare space? Right. Uh, generally, they're a concern because they are becoming more dangerous and more prevalent worldwide. Mm-hmm. And people now have the means by which they can know that they're happening and do something about it. Mm. That's generally. But then in healthcare, at least what we can see from our position in the industry is healthcare presents not only a a relatively easy way for hackers to mm. get what they want, but also when they get what they want, they have something that's very dangerous, very sensitive. And perhaps very valuable, I'm sure, in the, in the certainly, black market, right? Certainly yeah. very valuable. Um, now I know how breaches can occur with with my own email and my own you know technology, but what are some of the the different ways that breaches can occur that that you've seen in the work that you do? So the way that we look at it um, comes from what's called the uh, the adversarial perspective or the offensive security perspective. What that means is that if you know what an attacker can see, think, and do, mm-hmm. that's half the game. You mm-hmm. know, I think about it like scrimmaging before you go to the football game. Mm. The best form of practice or the best form to know where you stand is to scrimmage. Mm. So from that perspective, there are three ways um, that that attacks can happen. The first is, uh, honestly, it's about passwords. <laughs> we all uh, hate keeping up with them, but as an attacker, when I can figure out a way to log into a place where they're not checking their passwords, the, uh-huh. the, the security around them is not good. That is one of the best places for us to get in. Hmm. And frankly, they are so numerous. And although usually the front gate is well-guarded, the side gates are not that well-guarded. Interesting. What do you mean by that? Uh, what I mean is that um, if you – a lot of people, they, they log in maybe to their uh, VPN or their p- private network or their portal uh, to go do work, maybe uh-huh. for work or go to someplace – that is what I might call the front gate. Okay. And so everybody knows where that place is, and it's typically well-guarded, and people know that that's a place. But technology also has other places where people need to interact with the computers and the side, the side uh-huh. gates. I mean, just the lesser ones, lesser known. Um, a lot of times people end up being more relaxed with those standards. Hmm. So that's the okay. first way is passwords. Okay. Um, there's a couple other ways too. Yeah. Um, one you hear about a lot are, oh, there's a new hack that hackers have. There's a new tactic or there's a new tool or there's a new vulnerability. Um, that's one way. And those continue to be good. The third way though is just what we call a misconfiguration. Somebody sets up the computer to talk to anybody or to give them whatever they want. 
and they failed to realize that they needed to tell the computer to not just give the secrets to anybody. Uh, we call that a misconfiguration. <laughs> Handing out the secret sauce to everybody. Yeah. Um, so let's get to breach bits. I, I want to know how breach bits can help then protect from some of these type of breach incidents. Well, we believe in two things. The first is that scrimmage is the best way to be prepared. Mm -hmm. And so we provide that persistent ability to scrimmage an organization. So when we work with our clients, we are helping them by always monitoring them, always testing them in a safe way. But the second way is that the insights to that information have to be understood by people anywhere in the organization. So it's actually a less of a technical challenge, mm. the second part. It's more of a communication or psychological or organizational challenges. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had somebody bring you something very technical and you say, you know, I don't really understand the this is not this. my responsibility. I don't know what goes right. on with this. But we do know how to ask certain questions like, okay, well, you're telling me something bad could happen. Well, where could it happen? How likely would it be to happen? And if it happens, how bad would it be? And pretty much anybody knows how to ask those four uh -huh. questions. And so we help people do that because we present our insights in terms of risk management. And it turns out sunlight is the best disinfectant. And if you just look at your security or look at your posture or look as to whether you can be attacked periodically, things t just tend to fix themselves mm. because there's sunlight on it. Important that it's a shared responsibility of everyone, I yeah. guess. Um, so before we got into this interview, you offered to do a little bit of uh, monitoring of the Arkansas hospital system and some other other providers. And we, we're not going to name names here, but tell us what kind of risks you're seeing out there among Arkansas providers. Right. So being that our business is to know where the risk is, um, you mentioned earlier that we, we work with um, places like insurance companies that need to know where the risk, mm -hmm. where those risks lie. Um, what we did is, uh, specifically for, for, this, um, uh, for this talk that we were going to have, is we looked at 100 um, organizations in the state of Arkansas. Um, the categories among these are rural health clinics, critical access hospitals, uh, primary care clinics, federally qualified health centers. But, I, but we also looked at what's called the vendor or the third-party space. So these are companies that are providing electronic medical records and mm -hmm. payroll. Mm -hmm. These are patient portals and bill pay. Uh, and, then, and then for fun, we also looked at, okay, who are the top um, U.S. world and news reports, uh, regional hospitals? Mm -hmm. And so among there are about 100 organizations okay. that we looked at. So again, we said, okay, let's, let's ask the question, could an attacker from cyberspace right now Let's have that attacker plan the attack, and where would the risks be? Uh -huh. So this is the core of what it's we do. Pretty cool. And so, so what did we find? Yeah. We, it's a mixed bag, right? There are some good news stories, and there are a couple of things that are of particular concern um, that, that we found. So tell us about a little more detail about what were the worrisome spots, and what were you actually surprised about that, um, that wasn't so risky? Right. And I'll start with um, the good sort of surprise there is that overall, the, the risk is below the global average. Uh. Okay. Now, keep in mind, we look at industries across the world, um, but, but overall, as an average, it's below 
the risk. There average. you go. You heard it first right here. Arkansas doing better in some instances. <laughs> and, and that's an important thing. And, yeah. and we should be giving ourselves credit for when that yeah. credit is certainly due. However, you have to think about how attackers look at it. Mm-hmm. Attackers are looking at all sorts of companies and what they look for they look for those needles in the haystack, mm-hmm. the place where they can get in. And and there were four spots of specific concern. Um, there are some outliers within the rural health clinic category, mm-hmm. the federally qualified health centers, and also the patient portals and bill pay. We found that there were at least 4% of those organizations uh, overall. We could actually, within days to weeks, we could break into the wow. company. Wow. So so definitely the concerns in the report that I mentioned in the intro uh, have some credence to them, not only for the hospitals themselves, but perhaps for their, their vendors that they're working with on, on multiple different uh, services that are provided to them. Uh, interesting. So... Um, is there anything that's just really surprised you when you've done a cybersecurity assessment with different companies that just jumped out at you like, wow, this should not be happening? Or absolutely, there are there are always there are always things that jump out, and when you look at what I've been describing today as offensive security, this is what hackers or attackers live for. They are looking for those needles in the haystack. And so mm-hmm. in the one sense, it's very common for us to find those needles because that's our job. Our, we, we, wanna, we want to filter out uh, the chaff from the, from the wheat, from the grain there. And so we see things like, like what I've described today. We see things like this all the time. And, but it's, it's the ability to f- pinpoint those bad things. Because one of the major challenges that both these uh, health facilities and others have is there is so much data out there. There's so much information. They have so many computers. They have so many people. It's a challenge of overwhelming the management of the system. Mm. And so if you can pinpoint where the exact hotspots are, nowadays that is a, that's a superpower. Mm. And so... Yes, we find we find things that people oftentimes they they did not even know that that particular technology was still running. Oh wow! Over on this place, uh, <laughs> that's a common one. And and uh, so sharing of passwords, things like that. You know, we're you know any any time where a, an attacker can can try to break in, and this is another thing to to keep in mind is that a dedicated attacker will always be able to get in. Hmm. Think, think of it like a padlock. If I really want to get into, into that padlock, I go down to the hardware store and I just get some yeah. bolt cutters. It's, it's just a matter of how much time and effort they need to, to get in. That's pretty frightening. So one of the things that, in addition to kind of what you do to mitigate risk, is a lot of organizations, and we've at some point purchased cyber uh, security insurance, should... At this point in its maturity, um, could does cyber insurance offer any sol- solace to healthcare providers? Cyber insurance is an incredible tool, and or I should say, but like every tool, you got to use the tool correctly. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what you're looking to get out of it. Um, if 
you are concerned that a dedicated attacker will be able to break in, then you should always have cyber insurance. Cyber insurance is actually, we believe, one of the keys to securing the entire nation because what cyber insurance helps do is it puts dollars to the potential loss. It helps you transfer the risk so you get a benefit mm -hmm. out of it. But cyber insurance providers are extremely motivated to understand the threat and to help people solve the threat. And so for some companies, if, if they're not concerned, then you would go about it the same way you would go about buying any insurance because you buy insurance to transfer the risk right. to somewhere else. So if that makes sense for your organization, then it probably makes sense. Okay. So my last question, and, and this is a question that I ask uh, all of our guests, is because I want to know for students, for those up-and-comers who want to get involved in this type of work, what, what's your advice to them? Well, number one, it would be to be in Arkansas. Mm. That's actually, although we are a, a company that's headquartered in Washington, D.C., one of the reasons I moved back home here to Little Rock a couple of years ago was because it is extremely apparent that at the high school community college and um, and higher education in the state, that cybersecurity is both a priority, but we have actually an above average talent. Mm. And I know that because I do work with the University of Arkansas Little Rock. I do work with, uh, we had a, uh, had a hackathon last week called JOLT uh, that we uh, are mm. participate in a lot. There's another one up in Northwest Arkansas that uh, I'll be visiting in November. And, um, so the good news is the resources are here. Right. Now, like like most things, you have to look for them a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if if somebody's interested to get into the work type of work that we do, look at um, two things. Number one, you can study technology and get involved in the many opportunities to study the technology, but do these other things like the hackathons, or there's a resource of people out here and they can point you to the right direction. But the second thing, and this is where I think our Kansans really have an advantage, understand business or hmm. understand how your business or the business industry works. Because cyber is merely the intersection of technology and business. Hmm. And too often, some people get obsessed with security for security's sake, and what we have to recognize is that it's in support of a certain business. And that for you, maybe having five different passwords to get into your particular system, it might make sense. But for some industries, that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And it has to make sense. And, and, and again, I have seen well above average um, understanding of that of those two concepts here in Arkansas. That's great. That's great to know, and and I, I'm sure that in addition to buying cyber insurance, that is some solace to certainly our healthcare community out there. Thanks so Absolutely. much, Foster, for uh, joining us today and and um, solidifying the fact that we know there are concerns out there among hospitals and that there are some solutions to help protect them. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely, good to be here. Thank you for listening to Walks at Work. You can listen to our bi-weekly podcast on our website, achi.net. A special thanks to the Bobby L. Roberts Library of Arkansas History and Art, which is a part of the Central Arkansas Library System for allowing us to use their studio to record. If you have any topics you would like for us to consider, please email us at achi at achi.net. 
As a reminder, the views, information, and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are solely those of the guests and do not necessarily represent those of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The podcast does not constitute medical, legal, or other professional advice or services. We hope you've enjoyed our latest episode, and again, thanks for listening.